You are listening to Stand Out on LinkedIn, indispensable truths, tools, and tips, a show designed specifically to help you stand out. This podcast is for everyone looking to maximize their brand, network, career, and business initiatives, meaning finding a job, hiring, selling, and marketing. That pretty much includes most people. My team at Intero will be sharing their expertise and insight to get you one step closer to gaining traction and being a standout on LinkedIn. My team spends hours each day on LinkedIn, assisting companies in developing their brand, finding new talent for job openings, and even creating content to help professionals establish their credibility. The information they share on this podcast reflects what they see and do each day. If you're looking to stand out on LinkedIn, then you've come to the right place. Listen and receive actionable takeaways that you can utilize on LinkedIn to achieve your business and career goals. Hi, everyone. How you doing? My name is Jim Cusick uh, with Intero Advisory. And this podcast, Stand Out on LinkedIn, is brought to you by Intero Advisory the leader in LinkedIn recruiting, branding, and sales enablement. And today we got a a special guest, uh, Matt Cullity, the owner and founder of ProSightly, and also happens to be Intero Advisory's fractional director of technology. Uh, He's built our our website, our membership site, and and done a lot for us across the board. Matt, welcome. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to be here. Looking forward to our discussion. So uh, what are we talking about today? Big topic uh, today is Website accessibility. We'll we'll get into all kinds of topics on what that means. I mean, it's probably a good place to start to just talk about what that means. It's a you know hot button issue right now, and it's something that we've implemented on the Intero website. So it's going to help your overall web presence. So felt like it was you know appropriate to bring up on on this podcast. Yeah, I know uh, Colleen was really excited to to get that accessibility piece on our website. I know that's something that whether it's neurodiversity or those who are have some sort of impairment and need accessibility um, when it comes to websites, that's something that she is very passionate about. So that for us was, I mean, the, the reason that we implemented it. But as you're going to tell us, there's a lot of other reasons to consider when walking through web accessibility. Now, I know we, we like to keep these podcasts um, short and as digestible as possible. So we can't cover all the, the ins and outs of um, web accessibility today. But Matt, I'm sure you're going to give us a a lot of good information. Yeah. So, I mean, a good place to start is with like a quick history lesson, I think, because basically what happened and the reason this is prevalent to really all business owners is that there was, you know, a huge increase in, um, in lawsuits around website accessibility. It's like a 300% increase since 2018. And basically those are all stemming from a couple different legislative amendments to you know the the Rehabilitation Act of 1973, and then the Americans with Disabilities Act. And you know there was especially in that amendment in 2017 to the Rehabilitation Act in 1973 that ruled websites are now public places. So if you think about it, like you know a public park needs to have, or a public place needs to have, you know Braille on the bathrooms, and and needs to you know buildings need to be accessible to somebody with who's vision impaired or mobility as somebody who has mobility disabilities your website has you have to think of your website in the same the same light so you know your website needs to be able to be used by somebody who has a vision impairment a cognitive disability 
mobile disabilities. So just a quick example, like if you, if you're trying to use somebody's website and you have, you can't use a mouse, the only way you're going to be able to get through somebody's website is with, you know, potentially pressing buttons on a keyboard, for instance, right. Just as a, as an example. So making sure that the elements on your web page have the appropriate code surrounded by them so that that feature is enabled for that person. It, it's really important, you know, and at the time when this stuff was all coming out, it was, it's actually, it was really difficult from a developer's perspective to implement this in your website. And, you know, some really smart people have developed software that uh, allow us to relatively easily incorporate it now into your website. So it's kind of like the combination of these lawsuits that have come out with, you know, the legislation being implemented as well as some advancements in technology and software to where every website should be should be accessible but you know right now something like only 2% of websites are fully compliant with the different guidelines that basically your website needs to follow to check all the boxes in terms of website accessibility Wow. I know that was a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, that is a lot to, to unpack there. I want to, um, before we jump into that that stat and then also some of the software, you talk about websites uh, when we're not talking about web accessibility, but that digital storefront piece. And when you were talking about the park, just things, physical uh, accessibility pieces people do in a park or in a storefront, wheelchair ramp, things like that. Uh, when you think about your website in that digital storefront, I feel like it just makes it a no-brainer that that's something you need to do. So I guess, can you walk me through why you think 98% of websites are not accessible? I, I think it's a big part to the difficulty around, uh, you know, it wouldn't have been cheap for a business owner to, to yeah. add website accessibility. That's probably number one. You know, it would have taken several hours from an experienced web developer to implement it kind of by hand or try to implement some open source software, but that might not integrate with, you know, whatever platform you're on, if you're Wix or WordPress. And if you're a business owner with limited knowledge that had their website built, you know, three years ago, it's not something that they would be able to easily accomplish. So that's probably number one. But, you know, as, you know, it's, it's you know, a, a company we're going to mention here in a, a minute is Accessibly, which is the tool that we've implemented on Intero's website. It's what we've implemented on ProSightly's website. You know, it's their company's mission to have the entire internet website accept the website accessibility compliant by 2025. So you know they see this as you know something that's going to rapidly take over and and be able because they've be able, been able to create such great software that you we can integrate into anybody's website really and not have it affect. Uh, it's not going to hurt a business owner's pocket. It's also not going to affect other parts of what make your website successful for your business. So like, it's not going to slow down your website. You know, it's only going to do things to make your website better for you and for your business. So it should be widely adopted. Yeah. It's funny you, you said that about accessibility because once you put it on our website, it's, it's like when you see, uh, you're like thinking about buying a car and you see that car everywhere. I now see, even though you said that 2% stat, I've been seeing the accessibility little icon in the bottom right-hand corner. I was on Airstream's, uh, the travel trailer website the other day, and there it was in the bottom right corner. And I was surprised. I, was, I just didn't think all these companies would have it, but I'm um, sitting right. on a company like that enterprise level, having that on their website as well. Right. Yeah. So we're seeing like when I'm looking at, you know, kind of canvassing 
who has implemented this and who hasn't, you see it at the top, you know, the, the larger businesses in specific sectors seem to have adopted it. And it's just going to trickle down to the, to the smaller businesses because a, they're, they're being sued now too. And it's cheap enough now for business owners to implement it. And you, you almost don't have an excuse not to, cause like, you know, if you've added like a, if you've added a chat function on your website, it's basically the same process uh, of adding it to your website as you would adding a chat box where you, you copy and paste a snippet of code into the, you know, footer area of your, of your website. So if you're managing your, your company's website, um, you've probably interacted with the backend of WordPress or Wix and there's, or Squarespace. And there's an area on all those platforms to allow you to edit the footer or header area of your website, you basically copy and paste a, a snippet of code and pay excessively and you've got it on your website and that, that box is checked. So, you know, we're helping, you know, we're obviously helping our clients implement it and, and really educating them, making sure that they're aware that this is something that they should keep an eye on and which is also what we're doing on this podcast. So, so if I'm a business listening to this right now and I'm, I'm thinking about my website and I got a ton of other things going on, I'm like, I love to do it, but it's just something on the back burner. Are there any risks to not having it currently on your website? Yeah. I mean, especially if you're in medical, if you're in the medical field, if you're in, uh, if you're a government contractor, I mean, the big one, you know, the big amendment that I'm reading is like, if you, you can't accept government funding whether that be like payment for services, if you're a government contractor, or, um, you know, if you're accepting grants from a government agency or something like that, your website has to be compliant with section 508. Otherwise, you know, you're essentially breaking the law. So, I mean, that's a big one. So there's really no reason, you know, not to have it, especially if you're in that kind of sector. Um, But if you want 20% of adults have a, a disability, that you know these web accessibility guidelines are covering that a tool like Accessibility will make sure that you're 100% compliant across the board. So you open yourself up to 20% of uh, of adults that you know may not have been able to use your website and find your phone number to call you before, and they would have gone somewhere else. Um, the other thing is where you know it's these tools are affecting parts of your website kind of in the background like of the code that are you know in line with what you should be doing for your SEO. So if you're trying to improve page ranking uh, for general terms, like this is potentially an area for you to gain an edge over a competitor where Google might decide to rank you higher than your competitor because your your website is you know accessible and compliant with WCAG guidelines. So that's a you know that's definitely something to consider when weighing what what you want to spend your you know marketing dollars on towards improving your website. So if it's something that's in your budget, I, w- I would put it at the top of the top of your list at, at this point because it, it checks so many boxes for you and your your business online. Gotcha. That's interesting around the the SEO piece. So so if a company has a SEO and most companies do SEO plan in place and that's that's a missing piece that that right there is an immediate gap that, that you see yeah I, I mean i would cons- you know i would think that that would be a red flag for me if you're a business owner i would just you know i would be asking your your seo about it and yeah 100% i think it's something that uh, should be included in your your seo strategy really and now i know we talked about accessibility cuz that's the the tool that you recommended and um 
obviously seems to be very, very clean and, and does what it's supposed to. But as far as you talked about that expensive development before, are there other ways that companies can get compliant than just getting in an accessibility tool? Yeah. I, so I think a good place to start would be to download a free tool that you can download from section508.gov. It's called Andy, A-N-D-I. It stands for some for something that I don't know off the top of my head, but it's a, it's a tool you add to your, your bookmark bar. Um, and then you can go to any website. So your company's website, and then you can click it and um, it'll start to basically dissect all the elements on your webpage and, and tell you what's compliant and what's not for different disability categories, right? For, so for like vision impaired people, it will, you know, it'll look at all your, it'll look at the contrast of your text on the background that it's in front of to let you know if, you know, you need to adjust the settings of, or the color of your the font for your text to make it more legible for somebody who's visually impaired. And, and so that'll at least give you an insight into kind of like, how bad the situation is with your current website. And then, you know, you can use, there's a bunch of compliance, like accessibility compliance audit tools that you can just, you can go to, um, accessibility has one of these, you know, so if you're just looking for more information, you, know, you can go just plug in your website link and it'll download a, um, it'll get, it'll send you a PDF report of your website and all the elements on it and tell you where you're compliant, where you're not compliant. Um, and then that way you can take it back to a web developer. It gives you information and knowledge on what you can focus on and what you should have that developer and not focus on. So that way, you know, it limits costs and just speeds things up for you. Um, I think that'd be a good place to start. You know, Google, Google Lighthouse is, um, it, we typically use it for page results, you know, to, to tell clients how fast their website is. That'll also give you that same tool will also give you a grade on website accessibility right next to your page speed score. So that's uh, that's been added to to their tool. So that would be another good place to to look and you know start gathering information around your website's accessibility. Very cool. And uh, I did my best, uh, Jamie from the JRE podcast. While you're talking there, Andy Stanford. <laughs> Accessible name and description inspector. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what it does. It's kind of cool. It'll like put, draw a box around your logo and tell you, um, you know, if you have the right alt tag for, for your images. So like, you know, that's alt tagging is something that a lot of people have probably heard of before because it was, it's such a SEO heavy topic. And it basically allows you to describe your images on your website and, and words so that, so basically search engines and robots can read you know, the images that you have on your, your page for crawlability purposes. And, you know, Google uses that to rank you based on what your content is like, but it also is how somebody who's completely visually impaired would understand the images on your, on your screen. So that's like, you know, goes back to the tie over with SEO and, and mm -hmm. accessibility. So it's kind of cool. It'll, it'll, it'll highlight the pictures that you don't have alt tags for, and then you can go back into you know, WordPress or Squarespace and adjust your alt tags. Um, you can do that manually. And it's actually something that you might have to do manually, even with a tool like Accessibility. Any, uh, anything around accessibility that I didn't ask you about that anyone listening should know? Maybe some fun facts like Beyonce and Kylie Jenner have both been sued for website accessibility. Domino's was recently sued. 
know, I don't know, you know, basically maybe one other thing to note uh, is, you know, and like basically what I've been told from our partners at Accessibility is you, unfortunately, if you get sued, you won't be able to go back to your web developer and sue them for not making your site website accessible. But uh, it's definitely something that we're including in all of our new projects uh, to prevent it from people getting mad at us for not at least including it and making them aware of it beforehand. So that's definitely a change change for me and my company. But yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just an interesting topic. And, you know, as software continues to evolve, I'm sure that this topic will, will evolve and there will be other options for how you can improve your website's accessibility down the road. So we'll keep you posted. And uh, how can people find ProSightly? Um, if you go to ProSightly, P-R-O-S-I-T-E-L-Y.com, that's our website. That'll um, be the first best place. Second best place is on LinkedIn. So shout out Intero on okay. all the advice you've given us on uh, improving our uh, uh, ProSightly LinkedIn company page. Uh, and if you you know look for Matt Cullody on LinkedIn, I'll pop up and you know feel free to shoot me a connection. And uh, if you need a, a one-on-one conversation about this, I'm happy to to talk with people. So. Awesome. And then to, uh, to wrap it up. So a truth tool and a tip, uh, I think I know what you're going to say for a tool, but, uh, what's a, a truth around accessibility? I think let's we'll start with tool, <laughs> uh, you know, accessibility, A C C E S S I B E. That's, you know, our, our go-to for not only just the software that they provide, but their website is, um, extremely, uh, in depth in all of the legislation, the compliance, they, they've got information on the guidelines for the European guidelines, Australian, Israeli guidelines, because all these, you know, different countries are coming out with, um, uh, you know, their rules on what website accessibility means uh, to them and their population. So uh, as I'm sure stuff comes out, it'll be promoted on their website and you can just find really good information about you know, around the legislation, as well as about what the tool is and what it does. So that's definitely my tool. A tip around website accessibility. You know, I, I think it's something, you know, we talked about a web developer getting involved. It's it's really quick and easy for someone like me to implement this. So if you're having, tr- I would reach out to an expert on, on this. If you If you quickly can't figure it out yourself, obviously, like, you know, if the more time you can save yourself, you know, this is not something that's going to take a web developer. Maybe that's the, maybe that's the truth too. You know, if, if a web developer is telling you that this is going to take forever for them to implement into your website, they're probably uh, yanking their, your, you know, your chain on that because of how far software has come on um, these third-party tools are really easy to implement. So that's something that, you know, you should be on the lookout for if you're a business owner being told that it's going to take forever to, you know, it's going to take 20 hours at a, at a hundred dollars or $200 an hour. That's not the case um, anymore, at least, but you will have to have, you know, pay for the license to use the software. So, you know, you, you were, you will have a recurring charge, but it's an annual charge. Accessibility, I think is $420 per year. So, you know, if that prevents you from being, you know, getting in the middle of a, a lawsuit, I think it's, it's worth it that the very least, if it can uh, help you, sell a couple more products or services, then it's paying for itself. So awesome. 
Yeah. And uh, I, I do want to go, just because I was shocked by that stat, that 2% stat just really is, is sticking with me. I think with all the, the benefits for your company, avoiding lawsuits, mitigating risk, uh, generating products and services, I think just allowing everyone to have full access to information on the internet, uh, it's just so important. So for 98% of websites to not have full accessibility, that's uh, pretty shocking. Yeah. And that comes from, you know, if you go to accessibility.com, click compliance, you're going to find a ton of good information, but there's, there's four pretty like alarming stats uh, there that, you know, kind of sum up everything that we, we talked about. And, you know, one of them is 98% of websites are inaccessible. So, and then 20% of the population has a disability. So there's like a total disconnect there between, you know, what's out there in the market versus, you know, the, the population using websites. Awesome. Well, uh, Matt, thanks for your time. I know you guys got a lot of projects going on right now, so appreciate it. And okay. uh, if anyone needs any additional information, feel free to reach out to Matt, uh, connect with him on LinkedIn. And if anyone wants to hear any specific to- uh, topic on future podcasts, reach out to myself or Sarah or anyone else on our team and let us know. I'm happy to cover them. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Jim. See you, Matt. See ya. Connect with us on LinkedIn, get to know us there, and on our website, interoadvisory.com. We have lots of valuable content and inside our membership site and even more beyond that. Thanks for listening. We appreciate a shout out on your preferred channel, a review, or a comment on what you'd like to hear us discuss. You can listen in on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and other channels. Check out our tutorials on our YouTube channel too. Until next time, thanks for joining.